Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Folks, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, and this is your Tuesday episode. Did everybody have a good President's Day? Did everybody celebrate their favorite presidents? I hope you did. My favorite president is Michael Douglas from that movie, An American President. And a close second is Bill Pullman from the movie Independence Day. Those are my two favorite presidents thus far. We'll see what the future holds. But I hope you uh, I hope you got to have a uh, vacation day. I hope you didn't have to work. But now we are back at it. We did a full pop culture roundup with Sophie Ross. So if you didn't listen to that yet, go listen to that. But today we have a fantastic guest. We have an insanely good entertainment reporter. Her name is Lene Brody, and she is fabulous. I had never gotten to speak with her before, and I was recommended her um, by uh, uh, by a friend over at Betches, who I work with. And she was just fantastic. I love getting to listen i'm very weirdly shy in my real life but it is so nice to have a podcast sometimes where you get to geek out um and find out what people do and how they do it and when it's based around something that you deeply love like entertainment and pop culture it, i just get so excited and you i think you can hear it in my voice you can hear it in my voice when you're like oh my god we're speaking the same language i get so genuinely excited and normally i mean my bpm's like under 20 beats per minute in my normal life. I'm just laying there watching TV. So it's so exciting to talk to these people who have made careers out of covering things that I always just consumed. And it's so exciting to be a part of that ecosystem. And you know what was also interesting about Lene? Many things, but, you know, being in this world of reporting and you know, making me aware of how it is all about relationships. It's about the relationships you form and the, you know, being able to uh, build those relationships so you can get information, so you can get interviews, so you can report on a story correctly. And I think that's such an interesting thing that I sometimes forget. Um, so I don't know. I, I love this interview. I hope you did. I hope you really, really dig it because I did. I can't wait to talk to her again. But uh, let's talk about a few things before we do that. How uh, You guys are good, right? Okay. I think so. You're good. I hope so. Let me tell you, I, I, I'll i speak a little bit about the Watch What Crappens Golden Crappy Awards on Saturday. And this is the second live show I was able to be a part of. And I did one over the pandemic that was uh, online. And even then, I remember doing that. And I was so excited for that to do it online. And I remember being backstage in the digital room that they had like the presenters in um, for, for that one during the pandemic. And I remember Tom and Ariana were back there and Sandoval brought out Jax's chunky sweater. And I remember just being blown away to see such a precious artifact. Like this is what something like Indiana Jones would fight. Like this belongs in a museum. 
I remember, I mean, and now think, think how far we've come from that day of Sandoval and Ariana showing a junkie sweater. Oh, the way we were. Um, no, they had, they had it at the palace theater downtown last year. They had it at the will turn and it was so rainy, so gloomy. I mean, really just a rainstorm. And weirdly enough, the rain did start after the show that night and it has been raining off and on since then. And I guess we're in for like two more days of rain here in Los Angeles, um, which is great. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, but it was great. I, I what I will say I mean, I, I've I've spoken at length about how much I love and admire those guys, but even more than that, it's just how brilliant they are uh, together and separately. Uh, they've been doing this for twelve years. Imagine that—twelve years. They are at the top of their game. They're going to do live shows overseas now, um, but more than that, it's just the their fandom. And I don't even want to call it fandom because it feels more of a, maybe their community. That's, that's the right word. It is just amazing. I mean, like people were losing their, their GD minds out there. People were screaming out things. Some girl, like, uh, some girl was telling me somebody like passed out right behind him. <laughs> somebody threw up. Somebody charged the stage. I mean, it's like a wrestling event. It is wild. And Ben and Ronnie are the captains of that crazy, insane ship. And it is so fun. So you get there and we were at this backstage area, which was like a concrete slab or something, but they had drinks and some appetizers laid out. And there was this amazing photographer taking photos. And it was always great to see who are the other presenters. So I got to uh, see Danny uh, that I haven't, uh, you know, I talked to him uh, on the show a little bit ago, but I haven't seen him live in person for a minute. So it was so great to see him in person and talk about what we're watching. We commiserated on getting, uh, tired of certain housewives shows and just the grind sometimes. And I, it, it, that's the exciting thing to talk to other people that do this and that do it at such a level and have been doing it way longer than I have. But it's great to ask them questions of like, hey, are you getting tired of this? What did you find about this? Isn't it interesting to deal with somebody like, you know, to deal with fan? Like, it, it, it's a very interesting thing to get their perspective on. Uh, but Diallo Riddle was there who has uh, been on this show before. He's great. Christina Ariel was there. She's great. Uh, I got to meet Noor from the Reality Is podcast. She was there. Um, let's see. Oh, this was exciting. I got to meet, uh, Nia, Nia Renee Hill, Nia Renee Hill. If you remember, she popped up on an episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this season as Crystal Kung Minkoff's friend. And I got to see her and we kind of knew each other from online, but I think she's going to come on the show and she was fantastic. Um, uh, Miss Sheena Shea was there and Sheena is always just a trip. Like Sheena, (laughs) Sheena's great. Like Sheena, I really, really, really like because, you know, she's just so Sheena. Like she's so Sheena. And it'll be interesting because I'll ask her questions now. I'll be like, hey, I was joking around with Ben and Ronnie. um, They were taking pictures with Sheena and they were talking about what they were going to do because Sheena was a surprise guest at the beginning of the show. And they're like, oh, we'll ask some, some some questions. Don't worry, it's not going to be insane or anything. And I was like, ask how it's ask what if Schwartz is a good kisser. And she was like, I wouldn't know. <laughs> but I did talk to her after I presented. Everybody was down there, and I talked to Sheena for a long time because I was talking about Rachel and Tom, and I was just saying, hey, you know, Rachel went out there and did therapy, and 
you know, Tom, but, you know, her opinion was very interesting, though, of thinking that Tom was very brave to do the show. And I was like, Sheena, I think, you know, like he needed a paycheck. He still wants that kind of that jolt you get from like being currently just out there on TV all the time. Um, But it was it was an interesting conversation that I had. But I will say it's like just sometimes getting critiques myself now you start to think about things in a different way because I was just like, the amount of shit Sheena gets on a daily basis is wild. And I feel like, I mean, I just don't know how reality stars, and I mean, I guess anybody in the pop culture landscape, I don't know how they survive. I don't know. Like anybody now, if you open some kind of social media, even if you think it's relatively like, oh, this is hands down amazing, you are going to get 20% of people that you're like, that sucks. You suck. <laughs> Go hurt yourself. It's horrible. And that's the stuff that I think kind of shocks me. And then I'll even find myself, I'll even be doing those things of this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. And sometimes you actually forget to remember that there's a person behind that. I mean, but sometimes things are so egregiously bad that I think it's okay <laughs> to really come down hard on somebody. I don't know. Um, what else? I mean, just everything was, everything was great. It was, oh man, I presented with Kate Casey, you guys. I love Kate. I'm talking to her later this week. She's got a live show coming up in Orange County, I think, next week that you guys should go check out if you live down there or in the Los Angeles area. But Kate, man, she was she texted me earlier in the day. She was like, I'm at a frat party with, I think, some kids, friends. I don't know. But Kate, Kate came in hot, man. Uh, I think she had done a couple tequila shots, potentially. And I was with her backstage and Kate was... <laughs> Kate and I've I've known Kate for so long now that it was so funny to see her that loose. And then when we hit stage, Kate was like, "Who wants to drink with me? Who's gonna be here after the show? Who's gonna drink with me?" Which, by the way, we literally left stage and Kate like took off. So I was just like, but it was a great like Kate came in like a wrestler, like who's down? Oh, who's down with the sickness? Let's go. I mean, and then Kate like went out and started saying that she hated Alexis Bellino, which I thought was, I mean, fair, but also hysterical to come out of Kate Casey's mouth. And I said to Kate afterwards, she's like, oh, is that horrible? I was like, no, I'm more people will be talking about this moment. Trust me. Then others, like, I mean, this is a great moment. That's what you got to do. Like, it, uh, notes, like, I took notes. Next, I mean, God, if I if I get to do it again next year, I'm going to probably, I'll probably try to get Tamara to arm wrestle me. I'm like, Tamara, you arm wrestle me now. You too, Freddie Mellencamp. On the mat, cage match, toe to toe, let's go. But um, no, I have nothing. It, it was just a really cool experience. Uh, I was, I was really honored and lucky to be there. I mean, it's, I, there, I wish I could say some shit that would actually, I don't know. It's just, it was great. And it was great to see everybody so happy. Uh, that's always really exciting. Um, yeah, I have, uh, Miss Patricia, she won an award and was live by video. And I, I briefly talked with Miss Patricia today and, uh, from Southern Charm and I'm, uh, always, Always tickled to be uh, talking with Miss Patricia. She was great to see her video. Ariana won award, won an award. Uh, she uh, she accepted via video as well. Angie Katzenavis won an award. Uh, Jessel won an award and did a video speech that uh, they played, which was hysterical. And Pavitt was in it as well. Oh, this was some tea, you guys. I guess Heather Gay uh, allegedly unfollowed Watch What Crappens supposedly, I don't know if it's because 
I don't I don't know if this is right because Angie won an award. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was Reality Von T's thing, but Heather Gay unfollowed Watch What Crappens. And listen, I've been in those Heather the the Heather the Heather hole before. I mean, Heather Gay unfollowed me kind of a year ago or something. And I Heather is Heather's very interesting. I think it's like Heather, you can't act like you're the funny one and then be so precious about people making jokes about your show. I mean, I just don't think that's the best look at all when you're trying to present as the funny one. And I find that really interesting. Like, and watch what crappens. That's an institution. You do not be unfollowing watch what crappens. I have a feeling she will rectify that mistake within this next week. And if not, it is war on Heather Gay. Proof, timeline, receipts. Um, yeah, so that was great. Um, you guys, I gotta tell you, we're skipping around here. You know how I, you know, I, I'm consuming audiobooks at like a fright, like a really fast rate now. Like I love listening to audiobooks. I used to not like it because I thought it was cheating. I thought, you know, you gotta, you gotta read the written word with your eyes and not read it with your ears. But then I was like, there's just no way I can, you know, it's easier for me to have an AirPod in and listen to books. And it's really reignited my passion. And usually the only books that works for me with, uh, fiction books don't work for me with audiobook wise, but nonfiction, celebrity autobiographies, they all totally work. I told you, I think already, but I started listening to Barbara Streisand's autobiography, My Name is Barbara. It just came out like around Christmas time. And this thing is 48 hours long. And I got to tell you, I'm 10 hours in and I, I think I, I want it to be 100 hours long. I didn't like I love Barbara Streisand, but I'm not an insane Barbara Streisand fan. But I just love people talking about their process. And she has such a, her memory, her recall. I mean, I'm in the 60s right now with her, where she's like married to Elliot Gould, the actor. And she's starring on in Funny Girl on Broadway. And just her, just old Hollywood telling stories about Frank Sinatra, telling stories about Leonard Bernstein, and all of these kind of, you know, Hollywood legends it is just so amazing. And the way she speaks, her voice, you fall in love with voices, right? I I, I do that a lot. Uh, the other voice I really love um, is David Sedaris. I love his speaking voice. Now, it's a little deceptive, too, because I do listen to audiobooks and podcasts at a much higher rate than they actually are recorded because I find it very slow. So I always amp it up. And then when I hear them in real life speak, I'm like, why are they speaking so slow? But regardless... Barbara Streisand's lilt, her the way she speaks things and the way she's reading her own book, it pulls you in. It makes you feel like you're talking to a friend. And I know I'm going off on this and not realizing the obvious is that, oh, that's what podcasts are for as well, right? You kind of really get in with a voice and you really feel like you're a part of something. And you are. Like, I think that's the purpose of these things. That's the purpose probably of writing an autobiography is being able to open up yourself and tell about what you've been through and what you've learned and that you were a part of this as well. And uh, I think it's just, uh, I can't recommend it enough. And I gotta say, I mean, you don't even have to be a Barbara Streisand fan, I think, to appreciate this. I'm really, really digging it. So that is a recommendation. That's a good old so bad it's good recommendation from me to you. 
Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from third. $30 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, let's see here. Oh, the People's Choice Awards were last night. Were Sunday nights. Aired on NBC. Now, the People's Choice Awards are allegedly voted by the people. But this is wild, though. Like, the Best Reality Show Award went to the Kardashians. And, you know, I actually stand up for the Kardashians. I actually do enjoy their Hulu show much more than I did the later seasons of their E! show. But there is no reason that the Kardashians should ever be winning a People's Choice Award when it's in the same category as this past season of Vanderpump Rules. There should be no re- There should be no way in hell. And that's when you think, man... These things are rigged. These things are completely rigged. Now, the frustrating part is that nobody from the Kardashians came to accept the award. Khloe Kardashian did a video saying like, oh, I don't deserve this. And she couldn't come because she said she had a migraine. And I'm very frustrated with Coco because... Chloe did those Nurtec ads for migraines. Chloe, you should be not suffering from migraines anymore if you are taking Nurtec ad dollars. You should not be suffering from these bad migraines. You should be take, popping, your, popping to Nurtec and then getting in the car and going to the People's Choice Awards. But the big, uh, the big scandal of the night, folks, is that Billie Eilish was caught on video talking to, I believe, Kylie Minogue, the legend Kylie Minogue. And she was talking to her and she says, oh, my God, what's going on here? I can't like there's a lot of TikTokers here. Can you like something like there's a lot of TikTokers here. Can you believe that? We don't need that here. And they did have a lot of reality stars and a slew of TikTokers that walked the People's Choice, People's Choice Awards carpet and show, you know, showed up to the event. And I don't know. I was wondering what you guys think of this. Now, social media influencers do they deserve to be brushing elbows with the uh, the higher-ups, with the Billie Eilishes, with the Kylie Minogues, with, uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr., with uh, these people? Like, do, they do, do you see Billie Eilish's point? Like, I think there is this kind of thing of, like, that is, 
I don't know. Like we're we're kind of stru- we're holding on to the last bastions of like old Hollywood and social media. I think you know it gets so many eyes on it, but we consume it much differently than we do old Hollywood things like movies, TVs, music. You know those things are considered gold, even though I think you know there are more eyes and ears on social media things as well. But it seems so digestible and almost disposable, like uh, toilet paper in a sense. Is that, and they're not looked down on because they are making really insane amounts of money. But even I think, yeah, it is weird to see somebody that got famous for like, you know, blowing fart bubbles on TikTok, you know, rubbing elbows with John Hamm. There is something utterly ridiculous, but it's the People's Choice Awards. And, you know, if they do this at the Oscars, I would have an issue. But I do think it's interesting that there is a class system within an award show. Is that, you know, and that also the people behind the awards are like, we want to get this out there. We want to get people to be making TikToks about this. We want to, you know, reach out to the kids that are watching these things on their phone. So why wouldn't we invite all of these people that all the kids are watching? I've said this many times that my niece and nephew, they don't really watch movies and they'll watch certain things on TV. But even the things they watch on TV, they'll discover like a show from like, like my niece started watching Chuck from NBC, like that, remember that show Chuck on NBC, like the, the, with uh, Zachary Levi, like she started watching Chuck. I was like, where did you even find Chuck to even watch? Like, how did you hear Chuck was a show to watch? But like, they don't like sit there and consume movie. Like they would rather watch YouTube videos. They're not even allowed on TikTok yet, but sometimes I know my niece kind of has a workaround and will go on YouTube and like people will put up their TikToks on YouTube. And I was like, very wise, very smart. So I don't know. It's interesting. And we talk a lot about the last of the movie stars and the last of certain ways that we consume music and and streaming and and things like this is that these award shows, you're kind of bumping up against that. And I think kind of even old Hollywood and Billie Eilish is still very young, but Billie Eilish is young, but she's at the like she's at the top. She's about to win her second Oscar. I mean, imagine that she is still in her early, early 20s and she's about to win her second uh, Oscar for the Barbie soundtrack. Isn't that wild? So, I mean, she is treated like gold. And for her to have to rub elbows with with TikTokers, I can see where that would be, I don't know, where that one might give me pause. And also, you don't want to talk around these TikTokers because they're just going to make some kind of 50-part video about your behavior at the People's Choice Awards. Which, by the way, have you guys heard about this lady? We're going to talk about this, I think, later this week. Her TikTok account is Risa M. Tisa, R-E-E-S-A-M-T-E-E-S-A. Now, she did a 50-part series that is entitled, Who the Fuck Did I Marry? And some of you guys might know exactly what I'm talking about, and I've spent hours watching every video. But if you haven't, uh, maybe, maybe catch up and we will come back. Maybe I'll do a whole Patreon episode about this because... She did a 50-part series. She's an excellent storyteller, but basically got married to a guy over the pandemic. He was saying all of these things. A lot of them turned out to be not be true at all, but each one of these is another part of the story, and it is just a wild ride, and it's something that I'm sure somebody will option to be a movie. Like, I bet, I, I swear to God, I bet this has already been optioned to be a movie. Like, that's just how society works now. But already... The first video of this has 7 million views on TikTok, and I bet by tomorrow morning, it'll be around like 10 million views. So let me know if you've seen that and what you think of it, but I would like to talk more about it. But that's what I'm saying. Like by, by the Oscars, maybe Risa M. Tisa will be presenting. Like who knows where this heads? I think that's kind of a, 
um, it's the wild west. I mean, we always say that in terms of podcasting is like, people are like, how do you monetize it? How do you get it out there? There's so many podcasts that nobody listens to at all. So how do you even break past that? But it's the same thing throughout like all social media is that they're trying to discover how they can monetize, how they can do this, how they can do that. How can they get people's attention to sell soap? They just want to sell advertising dollars. So at this point, I think everybody, these people behind everything are rethinking everything. And that's how you get TikTokers at the People's Choice Awards. Um, Okay. Anyways, off my high horse. Uh, There are so many other things I want to talk about, but I'm going to talk to you on Wednesday too. And I got to wake up early for an interview. I'm interviewing somebody from the traitors, a duchess of deception. Yes. Uh, so without further ado, she is an entertainment reporter. This goes everywhere. We talk about the year anniversary of Scandaval, which is coming up, I believe, this week. Uh, we talk so many other things about reality shows. She talks about her uh, her time in the biz. We talk about the Super Bowl. We talk about it all. And I just thought she was fantastic. I think you're going to love her. Uh, have a great day, you guys. If you like the show, give it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, we're going to be doing a Patreon Live this upcoming Monday where we'll talk about all our favorite shows. You can ask any questions you want. It'll be at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time this upcoming Monday. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. And that is it, folks. Oh, also, I am hosting the Jeff Lewis after show. It's called Jeff Lewis Extended on Radio Andy, Sirius XM, Channel 102, Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I am the only host that day, but I do know that Jeff and Shane and I think Doug are going to come in, uh, but I'll be running that ship. So call in on Wednesday. Support your boy. Let's have good conversations on Sirius, and that should be a lot of fun. Without further ado, ladies, Lene Lee. Without further ado, ladies, sorry, and gentlemen. Uh, Lene Brody. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Folks, welcome back to So Bad It's Good, presented by Betches Media. Today, I love these episodes because I get recommended somebody that I'm like, oh, you should know this person. And then I'm like, oh, I should know this person because they're an entertainment reporter and they they love Bravo. They were just at the Super Bowl. They've moderated a Bravo con before. They come highly recommended from people that I respect. So I'm like, hell yeah, I want to talk to this person. And it's great because you get to kind of see where these conversations go. And I always love to hear how somebody else consumes media or consumes reality television and to see where they stand on all things Vanderpump Rules, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Hills, Jennifer Lopez. We'll see what we get to today. So without further uh, without further ado, the one, the only, Lene Brody. Lene, thanks so much for being here. Hi, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. 
Yeah, no, I mean, listen, you've written for people, you've written for, I mean, most recently you were at The Messenger, which like shut down randomly. Um, So that's got to be very uh, exciting and scary for you. But you've been in this business for a while now. And I just think that's like amazing because I love entertainment reporting. It's one of my favorite things like to to read and to like have people that pass these messages on. Um, and how did you get into any of this to begin with? Have you, have you always just loved pop culture or, you know, how did you get into the business? Yeah, I get asked that question a lot. It's kind of a fun story. I knew I wanted to do something in TV and I loved celebrities and I loved news, just news in general, everything from Dateline 2020 to the Today Show to Entertainment Tonight. So when I was going into my senior year of high school, I cold called the news desk at Entertainment Tonight. Um, I like called Paramount, like, you know, 310555, whatever their number was. And I just asked to be connected to the news desk. And I just said, I am in college and this is my dream internship, but I don't know anybody. Um, but I promise I'll do a better job than whoever you've got. And so the girl's like, send me your resume. And I, I like to say that I am pleasantly persistent. That is like I ha- how I'd like to label myself for my publicist friends out there. Shout out to them. I'm sure they could attest to that. Um, and I just, you know, politely followed up and I got the internship. And the first day there, I had to file tapes. Okay, so like here I am showing up thinking I'm going to be like rolling. And this was homies. at Entertainment Tonight? Yeah, Entertainment Tonight. This was in 2007. And I get there and they're like, okay, so here's your box of tapes you're going to file. And I was like, what? So they had the old VHS tapes where you would literally squat, grab a tape, reach up high, file it next. And you would just do that all day. My quads were burning from one day. And day two, it was the day Paris Hilton had to report for jail. And somebody had Oh, wow. Left. Yeah. And they had somebody that their last day was the week before on the news desk. And so I saw this woman and like her energy was just so like infectious. And I said, hi, like, Lisa, you need help. Can I help you? And she goes, who are you? And I said, I'm an intern. My name is Lene. And she's like, sit there, grab the phone. If you can get me the police report, I'll hire you for the whole summer. And I was like, oh, okay. So I sat down. I got, I had no idea how to get a police report. I'd never done it in my life. And I got yeah. the police report. And she called my boss and she was the head of the news desk. I had no idea who she was. Her name was Samantha Jacobson. Like literally I owe her my career, my mentor. She's amazing. And she was, she called my boss at the time and said, can I have this girl for the whole summer? And I, from there, you know, she mentored me and she was like, I think you belong at the weekly. So I was at In Touch and Life and Style for a decade where I was covering carpets and events and being at the clubs and the restaurants till the wee hours of the morning during the Chris Brown and Rihanna days. From there, I went to Hollywood Life. Yeah. From there, I went to Hollywood Life um, where I launched an Instagram live series where I really got to tap into my love for Bravo during the pandemic. And we would go live like three to four times a day with all of our favorite Bravo celebrities. Um, From there, I went to People. And from there, I went to The Messenger. And that is my 16-year career in a nutshell. (laughs) But I mean, you say you owe it to this one. I think you owe it all to Paris Hilton. Let's give Paris Hilton the props that she deserves. You owe your career potentially. But I remember that day. Like I remember it was on Mm -hmm. the news. It was like her reporting to jail. Like I remember those. And that's like the love of pop culture is so interesting because we have a different access now in this day and age than we, you know, we have more access now than we ever have previously. I mean, you even brought up Chris Brown and Rihanna and all of these things that have happened 
in pop culture, where do your tastes lie? Like, what is what are your favorite things? Because you love Bravo, but what else do you like? When you're reporting on something, you have to kind of keep, uh, uh, you know, you're not supposed to be biased. You're not supposed to be like, how? where do you fall on the pop culture scale in terms of your loves? And how do you keep that separate when you report? Yeah, totally. That's really hard. Like when I get asked this all the time, I'm sure you do too. Who's your favorite housewife? And I always say oh, I'm Switzer I'm Switzerland. I I, yeah. I can't I can't name one. Um I, Well like, I wish. You know, I, I I'll tell you who I don't like. I'll be I like, mean, I know I know who I don't like. <laughs> but like full disclosure, like we also are human, Ryan, as you know, and like we do have a secret favorite housewife. Just like only yeah. maybe like your best friend knows who that is. And and it's so close to the vest that like it's so off the record, it's it's in the vault. Um, but I think being a good journalist is being fair. Like I've gotten into several, you know, differences of opinions, we'll call it with colleagues when, you know, they have a source saying this and I have a hunch where their source, who their source is tied to. And then my sources may be tied to the other party, but like, I feel like due diligence always needs to be done on both sides. Cause I believe there's always three stories, right? There's his story, her yeah. story, and then the, the real truth. So I think it's really which hard. is what and we're like, seeing play. We're seeing that play out on Vanderpump Rules this season. Oh, 100%. you know we're seeing this, but but that story also is not just playing out on the show. We saw it play out in articles, in Instagram, on like everything, like on podcasts. Like now, there's not just reporting in the actual story. There's now podcasts, uh, Instagram. Like it's 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 all consuming. Like I feel like with that story, it exploded so much, and people wanted to consume so much. But it's still to this day hard to get a 360 view of exactly what happened during Scandal. Yeah, and Scandal was really, you know, it was a difficult time in all of our lives. Um, like <laughs> we can all sit there and say, like, do you remember where you were when Scandal broke? Like, I do. Yeah. I actually do. Um, I do too. Yeah, yeah. Where, 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 where were you? Just uh... so I was actually in my garage, um, like heading to my garage, <laughs> and like I just remember them being like, "Oh my god, Lene, we need you to like stop everything you are doing and jump on this now." And I was like. Whoa. What? Um, and then I remember a couple hours later, I won't say who it was, but there was a cast member that I was in communication with. Um, and I was at the Santa Monica Pier. So like literally here I am, like, and I have a kid, so I'm like momming, like, oh my God, smile, this is great. As I'm literally like on the phone with a cast member, like trying to get to the bottom of like what was happening during Scandal, right? Um and connecting with like several sources and, you know, as every single reporter was at the time. Right. Um, because these see, this is such like, a great entrance point. Yeah. This is such a great entrance point. So, Well, just to take the audience through, because I don't think they have perspective on that is you get that call. You're in your garage as you a reporter. What do you start doing? Like, do you start, do you reach out immediately to a cast member? Like, how do you approach that? You hear this is happening. So as a reporter, what do you, what is your mind? Like, what are the first steps of what you do in that situation? So, you know, it's really hard because like, I also like really value my relationship with the network. Like I've worked with them in tandem for years. Like I actually moderated the Vanderpump Rules panel in 2022 when Scandal was going so that on was season, behind that was the scenes. Season nine. So that was like right going into season or oh, there's season nine. Literally, oh my gosh. You moderated that panel? I moderated that panel. And like, let me tell you when I went into it, when you moderate at BravoCon, you're given very 
you know, specific guidelines as understandable, yeah. right? Because you, you have a job to do and fans say things and do things. And at the time it was, Hey, if anyone brings up Raquel and Schwartz makeout session, shut it down. <laughs> Bruce, you get, shut it down. You get one question on it. They gave me the question, like, this is what to ask. But like if fans start, you know, making the, making the cast uncomfortable and saying things like, please move on. So I did that and I actually got booed. Like, and this, I so that it. was the that was the year. So that was the year she was dressed in the Tom Tom sweater, Raquel or Rachel. Uh, yes, but she was. Everybody was on stage. Like she and James had just broken up. Okay, so like they had their their breakup was like not even a year old. Katie, it was the first time Katie and Schwartz were like on stage together. Like the drama would had nothing to do with what it did. Like Ariana and, and Sandoval were still together. Oh my there God, that's lot, such a big a responsibility. Yeah. It, it was I, literally, I, I did it for the people. I did it for the people. Um, <laughs> that's so much pressure. It I was mean, so much and pressure. Did, were you, were you, did it turn out well? Like, I, I'm trying to remember because I was there, I think, because that was, was that a panel that was on Friday or Saturday? Anyways, it, was it doesn't Saturday, matter. But Saturday. Because yeah. yeah. I remember that night I went to Schwartz's like 40th birthday party at some. Uh, some bar uh, over by the Gansvorts and like Sandoval, Kyle from Summer House, Ariana, mm -hmm. we were all hanging out. Like Rachel was there. Like it was, and this was going on during right. it. And now in retrospect, I'm like, holy crap. Like this was all going on under our noses. And I, I could not pick up on it at all at that time. Mm -hmm. Did you get any weird vibes on no. stage? Because the Zero. misdirect was Schwartz and Rachel. Correct. Zero vibes. Yeah. When I say zero vibes, like if you would have told me that, I would have been like, okay, like yes. zero, zero vibes. And this, I have covered Vanderpump Rules since season one. Like I tell you when I was at In Touch, we did a shoot with Lisa Vanderpump and like Jax and, and Schwartz Sandoval. <laughs> and I forget, I feel like there was one other that might've been there too. This was like pre-James days. Yeah, actually, yeah. probably was Peter. Yeah. And they used to use him in photo shoots for like early <laughs> VPR with his shirt off. Yeah. Wait, which, by the way, side note, I saw your comment about Peter the other day. I just want to let you know, I did comment back. I'm not sure if you saw, but I want to let everybody I know did. Peter's alive. Peter's alive and well. I actually had drinks with him not that long ago at Sir. And then we actually went to Tom Tom together afterwards. Um, why so Peter's would he, alive he, and well. The, Sir was in this week's episode and Peter wasn't there. Like, I know. Why maybe it was Pete, one like, day they off. Actually featured sir. What'd you I, say? I know. Maybe it was one Peter's one day off. He I think he's off on Tuesdays. <laughs> he's off um, on Tuesdays. I know because when yeah, I see called, you next Tuesday. Yeah, right? When I called Peter, yeah. I was like, Hey, I'm coming to Sir. Like, I I is there a table? Cause like I, you know, I'm like not to like be that girl, but I was like, I really would prefer <laughs> not to like wait in the fan line. And he was like, Well, I'm home, but I'm five minutes away. Just tell me when you park. So I texted him back. I'm like, okay, I'm parked. And then he came over. And like, literally, Peter is like a god at Sir. Like, it's actually really yeah. funny. Like, people- He's like a politician. He's like, oh. he's like shaky. He's kissing babies. He's shaking hands. Literally, we couldn't even finish our Vanderpump Rosé um, without, you know, somebody being like, excuse me, may I interrupt for just yeah. a minute? And I'm like, <laughs> like, Peter, Peter is a god at Sir. Like, yeah. Peter for yeah. president at Sir, for sure. But he is alive and well. I just like, I saw He's that alive and well. That's good. That's, I, that's good to know. And I miss yeah. those little Peter scenes. Like, I miss those little <laughs> awkward moments with Peter in them. So I'm glad to know he's well. But I wonder if there was an actual decision of like, why are we not even just like, there's usually some conversation between Lisa and Peter. And we're not, we haven't even had that. We're three episodes into the season. I think he's, he's good seasoning for the show. You I know? know, 
I know. Yeah, he is good. And let's hope that they bring him back, like in some capacity. I, I, I know I, he loves I, it. I really do. Well, I he mean, you said your relationship with your the network when Scandal broke. So did you have to, uh, I got to talk to Bravo to see yeah. if, if, if what you're allowed to say. Is that what you're kind of hinting at? Well, also like, hi, you know, reaching out to see if there's comment on this like massive like tornado <laughs> that's coming in like a wrecking ball. And, you know, and again, like this is where it's like hard. Like I've covered the show the shows for so many years that like I have very close relationships with several talent across several shows who know these people. So, you know, everybody, what I tell you from not just like the cast of Vanderpump rules is finding out and wanting to know what's going on. Like when, when shit like this hits the fan, we get calls from like people across all the networks being like, what's going on? Like they tap us being like, Hey, have you heard anything? Because they are they're invested too. Yeah. So you know, I we reach when this stuff happens. Like you reach out for comments to the network. You reach out to prospective publicists. You know, you like I, I like to be respectful when reaching out to talent because you, as a journalist, you don't want to ever upset. At least for me, I can't speak for everybody, but I I value my relationships very very much, and I don't want to upset a publicist by going directly to their talent. So a lot of times, talent will reach out to us, or when you have a super close relationship with talent, you just have to use your best judgment of like, is it safe to go to them, or is that going to upset their rep? Um, See, Lene, this is in every I, case. I, 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 I need your help. This is what I don't like. I'm still <laughs> like I don't know how the ecosystem works, and it's interesting because I'll talk to. Um, Michelle over at Betches and, you know, like I, I'm not used to talking with publicists. Like, you know, I'm not yeah. used to talk. And it's really a fascinating ecosystem of how it all plays out. And you mm-hmm. say something that's very interesting about relationships of, well, I don't want to offend this person. And like, you mm-hmm. really do have to think about all of that stuff of like, I don't want to go over somebody's head. And it's totally. interesting. Like, how did you find the right way to work? Is that something you just like by osmosis picked up on? Because the town really is all about relationships, right? It is. And I always tell people like when people want my advice of like, you know, I joke, but I'm like, I have, I have someone for everything. Like, you know, my son, like last week was like, can we go to Nobu? Do you know the publicist? And like, he's 10. <laughs> so Here's, wait, you your know. son's 10 and he's like, he, he yeah. knows Nobu. No, That's yeah, insane. Wow. I know. It is insane. <laughs> but I, I just feel like, again, it's like a case by case basis. But like, I always tell people when they ask for advice is like, take every opportunity that comes your way. Cause you never know who you're going to meet. Like, People will joke like, oh, Lene is always out. She's always out. But the reason I'm always out is because to me, that's always working because you never know who you're going to see, who you're going to meet. And then that person, I've been at so many parties where that person's like, oh my God, I had something I wanted to invite you to. And then like that invitation leads to like the next big story that I break because I got that invitation because something happened at that event or whatever it is, or they yeah, introduce Because not everybody's else. thinking about you all the time. It's good yeah. to be around. So they're reminded that you exist. Exactly. So I always say, even if the event sounds lame, like if it's somebody who is connected to someone that's throwing it or someone might be there, like go get, get out there, network, introduce yourself, be, you know, pleasantly persistent. Do not be rude. Do not be racist. Lene Brody, pleasantly persistent. Is that what it says on your business card? Pleasantly persistent. Like that's amazing. We need t-shirts that say pleasantly persistent. I like that a lot. Totally. Totally. Well, so, so Bravo was like, they were even surprised probably when you got word back and then, you know, you have to reach out and you probably did get a hold of a cast member, which will remain nameless. Were you able to do a story with any pull quotes from anybody involved that day? 
Well, I think when it first came out and like, you know, the thing with like our love, our lovely reality stars is like I said, it's like a lot of them we've known for so long and we are so close with because we go to these fan conventions and like several fans and influencers are also very friendly with the talent themselves. So reality to me is like a little bit of a different beast than like, say, dealing with like a a Taylor Swift or a Jennifer Aniston, if you will. Right. So. So in what way is it different? Just because we have more access to them and they're so, you know, they, they're yeah. like us, like they, they're reality, they're real, like, right. Yeah. They started working at Sir. Like I tell people like Sheena, actually my son was two days old. Her, his, his pediatrician was upstairs from Villa Blanca. She was my server <laughs> two days after I gave birth. Like she really does work, did work there guys. Wait, wait, wait. Lene, two what? days after you gave birth, you went in and ate at Villa Blanca? <laughs> I did. I did. That's, that's my little bravo. By the way, by the way sir, sir is where you bring your mistress. Villa Blanca is where you go two days after you, you give birth. Give that's birth. amazing. Yeah. And yeah. she was, she was, I remember like, but like, that's, that's just what I mean. Like those, they're real people, right? Like, you know, Chris and Dodie is also a really dear You're friend so of right. mine. You're so right. Like, and you she, so right. you know, she, like Stassi, they all are like real. So like they were your server at one point and yeah. You know, they're just, they're, they're great people. And I think like when everything happened, you have to remember like the, the cast was finding out when we were, when the network was like, this was not planned to come out. This was not planned. I still firmly believe that if that situation didn't happen with the phone at the show, we may still not know. Like nobody knew, nobody knew. Yes. Like people ask that is the question I get asked all the time. Did you have any idea? Did anyone in the cast have any idea? I'm yes. Like, I've talked to multiple of multiples of them now. None of them knew anything. They found out when we did. So they were all calling us with questions too, you know, as the See, and I know, but guys, and you guys listening to this out there, I know we're sometimes we're in scandal exhaustion, but I think this provides a larger conversation and an entrance point into how pop culture works and how reporting on it works as well. And I think you make such a great point about these reality stars starting off. They're real people. Like, mm-hmm. like it cracks me up. Like uh, Dodie now will like, you know, I've been on her show a couple of times and she, I was out of town and she wanted me to come on her show last week and I couldn't do it, but it still cracks me. Like I still get that initial jolt of, oh my God, Kristen Dodie's texting me. Yeah. Oh my God. A celebrity is texting me, and then she's just like, "Oh, bummer! Oh, my boyfriend can't get back in time." Like, and she's just talking to me like a regular person because yeah. she is a regular person. Mm-hmm. And it is funny you have to remind yourself, but then there is a difference between that and say a Jennifer Lopez or a Taylor Swift. Yeah. It's completely different. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh-huh. And again, it's that's why like I think it's so important for anyone out there who's looking to get into this, like be really good friends with the publicist because you want them to trust you. So if their client asks for your number or if it becomes, you know, they ask you to get coffee and you start to develop a friendship with the talent themselves, you're able to kind of walk that fine line of if a scandal happens or, you know, we use that as an example now for everything. Like, you know, what's my best course of action to get to the bottom of it and like do your due diligence, right? That's the best thing about being a fair reporter is you have to reach out to all parties involved when something like this happens to get the full story. Lene, I need you to teach a workshop or write a book on this because I feel like I've made like probably a million mistakes already that I have no idea I've made already, but this is great to hear. Um, So you, you know, you cover all of these things. Has it changed 
your actual love of my thing is sometimes when I've covered this so intensely, I'll then actually watch the show and it's changed my enjoyment of the show because, you know, you've focused on it so much or you've talked to so many other people and you, you know what's going on behind the scenes. Has that ever affected your love of these reality TV shows and pop culture in general? You know, that's such an interesting question because, like I said, I've covered this show in specific for since season one. And I have gotten to know Schwartz and say, well, I, I mean, Schwartz didn't, you know, because it depends who you ask if Schwartz quote unquote did anything. But, you know, Schwartz and Sandoval, I have known personally for a really, really long time. I mean, interview them on a carpet, go into a party, end up at the bar yeah. with them for an hour, and then like, Schwartz and Sandoval shut down Tom Tom at like the end of my birthday party one year. And like, they like get shots for like 20 of my friends at like one in the morning. Like I, they are they're fun, been, right? They're yes, really fun, nice, they, charming they men. They really are. That's they what I tell are. the audience. I said, you, they would be, it, it's like even Southern charm. These people would be so fun to hang out with. I have hung out with Sandoval. I've hung out right. with Schwartz. They are so fun. They want everybody to have a good time. They want everybody to like yes. party and get a picture taken with them. They're so nice in that aspect, but they then there's are. this whole other aspect. So I did you know. ever personalize that when you, did you ever personalize that because you did know them and you did follow it of like, Oh, that's dark. That is really yeah. dark. It's really hard because like I love the girls so much and like, you know, female to female, like you don't like to see a guy doing that. I do not agree with what he did. I don't like it. I don't think he handled it the right way. And if you ask <laughs> me, like, you know, if you're like, oh, whose team are you on? Like, you know, I, I felt very badly for Ariana, but like, listen, she's coming out on top. So, you know, just look at her now. And I'm sure it was the greatest thing that ever happened to her was that breakup. And well, it, 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 it will be. I mean, I don't think she'll I think it I think feeling wise, it's got to be a little different because I think in retrospect, obviously, it will be the greatest thing and probably potentially for both of them down the line. But I think it's interesting from a PR perspective. I, I feel like who and you don't have to say anything, but sometimes I look at it from an outsider's perspective and go. <laughs> Who is advising Tom Sandoval right now? Like, who is advising? Because I feel like he'll do interviews. Uh, the agreement to go on Nick Vile's podcast and do that for me, I was like, what a, what a mistake even for Bravo because it almost shows that there was, he hasn't really changed. Like, you know, he's like still very angry from what he has caused for himself. Like, would you advise him or anybody in these kind of situations differently when you're in kind of a PR crisis? from reality TV? I mean, listen, I actually spoke to Nick right before that episode dropped. And he said to me, he's like, wait till you hear it. And I was like, uh-oh. Oh, oh I, 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 I was, was wondering like, if scared. Sandoval begged him to not release it. I was like, say, I wonder if Sandoval was like, hey, dude, that was kind of crazy what I did. Can we just not do that? Like Nick came out on top, but it was like, I, I mean, Sandoval, you know, really didn't make himself look great again. No, I mean, you know, it was great for Nick. I mean, shout out to Nick, who's doing amazing things, by the way. Amazing, amazing things. Um, he's, he's killing it. He is killing it. I mean, listen, it's I, I one thing I think about a lot of these reality stars, too, is like sometimes I see that like their friends are advising them and and not, you know, a professional paid a paid person who's like done this for a long time like I I I don't know 
I can't say like what happened in this, you know, scenario, if you will, but also you sometimes editing happens and like, we don't know how it could have been edited or what may or may not have been left out. I'm trying to be very fair in answering this question. That's very judicious. That's very, I like, we don't know what the actual edit is, you guys. That sounds very, uh, that's great. I love that answer. So, but yeah, I can, I can see though how. But hey, there wasn't a lot of editing. He left in, she, Nick left in 40 minutes of Tom being late. So there wasn't a lot of editing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, we don't, I, and Nick had every right to release it. You know what I mean? And I, he does. I mean, I, I see, I, I was thinking about that. And like, if I had ever had that opportunity, I don't know if I would have the balls to release it. If, right. I, you know, like I, I was thinking about that because I think that's like, you know, these are career changing. Not, I mean, like, totally. career, but like they really help a career because they get you talked about, they get new ears, all of these things. But at the same time, I don't know. Like, I feel like I would feel, I mean, I've taken things out of this show from Bravo Liberties. I mean, because Bravo asked or because the yeah. person asked after the fact. And I've always went along with it because I want to have good relationships. I think Nick was in a really nice position where he is now a little more powerful enough where he's able totally. to kind of push back. He's able to get those interviews where he's able to get them to be honest and unfiltered. And there's only a couple of people that are allowed to be like that in the mm-hmm. podcasting industry in terms of reality right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I also know that like they're, they're friendly. So who knows who was doing, who was special solid. forces, I don't know. special yeah. forces. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Oh, I, just think, yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season shapes out. I mean, let's talk about like the assistant who's now working for Ariana. Like what? So like, obviously I, I want to know and, what happened there. That is what I want to know. It was like, Anne, me, who is well, doing the sit down with Anne? Well, probably Nick Vile. Probably Nick Vile. No, we've actually reached out to Anne, and uh, Bravo is keeping her on a very tight leash right now, even though she wants to do it. But you can tell Anne is very excited about, she's like, oh my God, I'm in the New York Times. Oh my God, Variety just interviewed me. She's very excited because she is an improv actor. Like, I remember her from the days over at UCB. Uh, She had like an improv group that I remember from being in that scene back in the day. So she's like kind of excited. And my theory is we'll see a storyline this season where she gets fired or quits Tom Sandoval, then moves to Ariana. And the only reason I think this is because on the Nick Vile podcast, Schwartz let it drop that Tom's assistant quit a couple weeks before that interview. But then Anne said that wasn't her. So that means that's his second assistant. And Anne must have quit or been fired during the season is my guess. I also want to know, maybe I was the only one thinking of this when I was watching it. What the hell does he need an assistant for? <laughs> Am I the only one who was wondering Yeah, I mean, that? he goes to somebody for his nails. So, well, obviously we found out this week, if you watch the episode, she's washing dishes. Like she's washing dishes, cleaning the house, taking the dog out. So, but, but at the same time, in terms of like, I mean, it worked out for Anne. She's being celebrated yeah. as a hero right now. I'm, I'm really happy for Anne. Justice for Anne. And I mean... Hey, she's got a great new boss, right? Yeah. Well, so uh, you love Bravo. Uh, You've loved Bravo from the beginning. We're entering a really exciting season because we're starting Summer House, which is going to see the dissolution of Lindsay and Carl's relationship. And we're also, we're at the season finale of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and we're going to start the reunion, but we're also going to get to that place where they pick up the cameras again for Mauricio and Kyle. How has it been for you as a viewer? Uh, I mean, maybe even away from your reporter mind. How has that been to watch the story that they're trying to tell this season in terms of Kyle and Mauricio? 
Well, first of all, when I knew that they were picking the cameras back up for the the Kyle Mauricio stuff, I mean, I kind of had heard that it was more like they were doing pickups, which for those who don't really know that, like that's super standard in reality TV, especially housewives, because like if something does happen, like they always are filming confessionals, like literally up until the end almost, you know, of things that are happening. So the ladies can be talking about things in real life and like, they'll have to go pull that outfit from six months ago and wear it and, and pull that picture to make sure their makeup's the same. <laughs> like the, those are, you know, the, like Hollywood can do a really good job of like, you know, messing with grandma's mind in Iowa yeah. who doesn't know how this works. <laughs> um, but you know, so I, I was kind of told that they weren't necessarily like picking back up, if you will, to like film a bunch so not of stuff like, like they did with Scandaval. Yes. Not, yeah, exactly. Correct. Because, you know, I know Ky- Kyle, I love Kyle. I mean, again, I've like met her season one and covered that show forever because it's in my backyard. Like New York, I don't have the same access to. So those ladies I do. And, you know, I think I think that's Kyle's like had a really rough go when it comes to her personal life on this show and like different capacities and other people like Kim, Kathy, now Mauricio, I guess it comes in threes, right? Um, you know, I was at Kathy's house. Uh, in December, twice for Christmas for the and Kathy's the direct TV party, yeah, yeah. Which, like, by the way, I mean, whenever I get invited to Kathy's, it's like it comes in like increments. So, like, I was, I, I, although I wasn't invited to the Christmas party, which who knows, maybe next year, um, I did get to do Christmas at Kathy's, and then her, she had another Christmas party. But when I saw Kyle was there, listen, I'll do President's Day at Kathy. I'll do like the crappy holidays. Flag day at I Kathy's. just want to get over to Kathy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll do like a casual Fridays at Kathy's. I'll do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Happy hour. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> Going to Kathy Hilton's house is always so fun. The decor, the art, the like little homages to like her life and her friends is like super cool. But I remember like seeing Kyle there. I was like, am I the only one who's like the story here is that Kyle is here? Because like they weren't speaking and all of a sudden Kyle is here. And Kyle, like one thing I will tell people about Kyle, she's she's like me, fellow Capricorn, so loyal. So like even though her and her sister were having problems, they probably had just buried the hatchet. And, like, she had come to the party. And, of course, like, I wanted to know right away. I'm like, well, is she talking to Paris and Nikki? Because Nikki's here. Like, what's going to happen with Nikki? Like, are they talking? Because the cousins are always friends. They always are somehow able to, like, leave their moms out of it, which I think is amazing. Um, But, you know, when I saw Kyle, the last time I saw her was in December. Like, she seemed like she was in a really good place, really peaceful. She seems like whatever's happening, you know, whether it's her friendship or more with Morgan, she just seems to be having that support and like doing well. And it's my understanding that her and Mo are like, they talk, they, you know, they're in a better They live in the same house. They just are in different rooms from my understanding at times. Yeah. God, no. Ariana and Tom couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 27. Yeah, by the way, Anne's going to be go be an assistant to Mauricio now. Um, but that was funny, too, is is uh, I, I was kind of shocked about Kyle, though. Uh, you know, you saw what a rough time she had gone through with yeah. the loss of her friend, the Kathy stuff that started at the reunion and last season through Rinna and then obviously Mauricio. And she has a very real family that they created over 27 years. I was kind of shocked that she allowed Morgan to be on this season. Because I would almost think if that relationship, and I don't mean romantically, but even if it's a new friend that you're actually relying on during these hard times, why introduce a camera and all of us into it? 
because then me, like I start making stupid memes. We all start joking about it or kind of speculating about it. Why not protect that with everything that you have if that's your safe space? And I think that's the question I have going into the reunion of was there any trepidation for her to do that? Yeah, well, see, and I actually thought it was the other way around. I actually thought Morgan, I get the vibe that Morgan's not super into this. And my fear <laughs> as a Bravo fan is that this is going to be Kyle's last season. That's my fear. Um, well, that listen, would be I mean, there. 13 seasons. I know. She's been I, from the very beginning. Uh, yeah. It's Let me okay tell you to take a year off here and there. No, it's not because then you don't come back. Let me tell you how I'd be doing. Not not well, bitch. Like I <laughs> I would like even even like with the rebrand of New York, like I don't know about you, but every time I turn it on, like it's good. I like it, but I am not like as comforted by it as I was when it was like I've got my OGs on. So if Kyle it, were to leave, I would I would have a hole in my heart. It would be bad. No, I I agree with you. I think she, like I I said on this week's uh, recap, I said she is Beverly Hills, period. Mm -hmm. She is the head of that ship. And of course, I want to see her and what that looks like moving on, uh, what that looks like for her. But, you know, I know she had a lot of trepidation even going into this season herself because whatever was happening with her and Mauricio, she even said in an interview with Kate Arthur at uh, the Spago dinner for Variety, she said, listen, I, you know, we knew what was going on and I don't have a good poker face. We knew cameras were picking back up. And I thought that was an, an interesting way to then go back and watch this season of knowing that each scene with her and Mauricio, they've already decided to separate, but it's how much they want to let the viewers in on their very real relationship. And you can tell they're very protective over it because even next week at the finale, we see a scene with uh, them sitting down with their their family and their daughters They've already had this conversation, you guys. They're just now having it for TV. Right. They're not they're not going to just have it for the first time for cameras. And they're very protective of their family. And sometimes that that works against a reality star because the viewer will be like, "We signed up for your real life." And mm-hmm. and Kyle's like, "No, this is this is my reality. I can't do it for this one, you know?" Definitely. Definitely. Well, that's why it's I I do think there were things going on behind the scenes that we didn't know, obviously, but they really hit it well. They really hit it well, yeah. you know, for season after They're- season after season. And people also need to remember, like, the the root of the tension between the family, like Kyle with Kathy, and then also with Kim, like, Mauricio always kind of was, like, the underlying issue. Like, Rick and Mauricio, it's, like, totally out there. Also, if you read his book, you will read about it. But, like, they had some beef and some drama when Mauricio well, left. People to go forget start the about agency. that. People forget. Yeah, people forget Mauricio used to work for Rick Hilton, and you know that yep. happened. And then the agency, which is now just a juggernaut. And yeah. I was thinking about that yesterday, last night, when I was doing the recap, and I was thinking, you know, you know, this week's episode, Mauricio said we have eighty-five offices now. We're going to have hundred by the end of the year. And I was thinking, even in terms of Sutton and her ex-husband, who just took on another like a promotion in you know London. And I was like, what is it about, you know, people that once they start building their kingdom and it's like, you know, what is it that they can't, they can't let go of that? Like Mauricio, it's very clear. He's so proud of the agency, obviously. And I was wondering what that is that he's willing to be like, I, I, I can't right now put the time that you need into this, that you need. And I wonder what that is. Is it, is it just like the impossibleness of like, this is a one in a million shot and it's actually working. So I can't let this, I can't let this go. 
Yeah, but he's been successful for a while now. I, and I, if anything, the show has garnered even more success, right? Because look at like Selling Sunset. Let's talk about another like when we talk about reality, like those people actually <sighs> could sell you a house. You want to go buy a house? You want to, you know, I've asked, um, I remember I asked Gina Kirschneider from OC. Oh, love her so much. <laughs> yeah, she, she's selling now. I, I asked her, like, I was like, serious as a heart attack. Do you have fans calling you? Do you give your real number out? Do you have a burner phone? Like, I really <laughs> wanted to know. But, like, this girl, shout out to her. She is out there, single mama, hustling and has a real job. Yeah. And she has, she has, oh, like, I props. If, if we do not, like, really yeah. give her props, I mean, that's well, incredible. You know what I love but, like, about question, that. serious question, though. I love, what I love about that, too, is that. I love, I was saying this the other week in terms of Brandy Glanville, and we're, we're probably never going to see that ultimate girls trip season because of whatever happened with her and Caroline Manzo. And if you read those court documents, it's really horrifying. Um, but I, I said, sometimes I feel as an audience member, we then feel responsible for these people. And we're like, we got to make sure we take care. We got to buy their tummy tea for the rest of their lives to make sure they're financially supported. <laughs> when like with Gina, where I like, I see that where she made a sale and I'm like, good, you have a career to go to after housewives is done. And you're not dependent on ultimate girls trip picking back up or you needing to get back on the season. And that comforts me. Cause then I can watch yeah. them without worry. And I know that's weird parasocial. But it, it, I do feel that responsibility sometimes when you hear Brandy on Twitter saying, I need to make a living, you know? I know. I know. Listen, it's hard. It's hard. And if you're not an OG, like, look at, remember when Teresa went to jail? I mean, who could forget? But like. Well, we got those Jen Shaw pictures today. Did you see oh that? My, I can't. Yes. How could I miss them? That was like, but Jen, Jen Shaw is, she's someone in my opinion that if she could, she would have written out housewives. I mean, it literally, if it weren't for the show, she may not be in jail right now. We don't know. Right. I think the show shined that extra light to, um, you know, bring attention, (laughs) if you will. Well, yeah, I always joke that the, the the FBI has like a housewives department now and like they must any kind of new cast member no I'm joking Lene no. but like any kind of new cast member they must just like immediately go let's uh let's uh, put a spotlight on this Back I feel like check. you are now more what yeah I mean yeah. I was watching the housewife and the hustler part two on Hulu about Erica mm-hmm. Jane and Tom Girardi again which is really really decent like kind of reporting that gets really in there mm-hmm. and it's once again you're like guys you know is it worth the trade off of fame. Right. For all of your businesses to get looked into. And and nobody seems to learn is that you better make sure you all of your practices are above board if you want to be on TV or it's going to be a really rough road potentially. Yeah. Well, Bethany gave that warning. Like, you know, she's she made some comment when Jen got arrested about like, well, what did she think was going to happen? You know, and Teresa like when she went to jail, I mean, she paid off her, what did she call it? The restitutionism or whatever Teresaism she gave it. But like <laughs> restitution, prostitution, I mean, whatever she called it at the time. Restitution she, whore, yeah, 19 whore, exactly. times. Yeah. <laughs> but she paid that off with that sit down with Andy Cohen. At least that was, you know, that was a report at the time, like that she was able to do that. But like, if it wasn't a Teresa where people were like so invested in her and what was happening, like remember like as a housewife stand watching that and you're like, don't throw the book at her. We need to see what happened. Like that season was rough. That was a rough season. Yeah, it really. And that, I mean, that we we have been through this before and we've, we've been, been through, through it with OGs. And then when Jen Shaw does it, I think there's something we're desensitized as an audience 
because we're like, ah, you know, this is like Groundhog's Day. We've been here before. Deja vu. But like, it's like a copy of a copy of a copy. And then today we get a people exclusive by our buddy Dave Quinn, um, which I didn't like. I, I mean, does this go towards the restitution? Like is whatever money she like, I didn't realize you were allowed to take. I'm so confused by all of the prison system, I guess. But Jen, they're doing like a Barbie contest in prison. Like it looks more fun than the life I'm living right now. Like Jen looks great. She's like, you know, doing a pose, like has like a little, like she cut off her, she like styled her prison outfit to look like, it was, it was very shocking, Lene. It was very shocking. I, I did open that too. And I was like, is this new? That was the first thing that went through my head. Like, is this photoshopped? what is this <laughs> did they do the- by the way she might have just done a bunch of like pre-prison uh photo ops before just to use them throughout her stay but no this was like this was on the i think they yeah. said it was like the 27th or, or like it was it was yeah this year it, it, the, i i still i i have i'm not sure what to think about that one i i, I, I would i'm say glad barbie for- i'm glad barbie is Barbie's successful even in the prisons. I love they have it's, Barbenheimer in the prisons, potentially. It's trending in prison. And, and Jen's in, you know, I mean, she's in like, she's in like a low, you know, security. Very low. Very like, low security. I, which like, okay. But I feel like that situation though was different because like what she was accused of doing with the elderly being involved, it was a lot different than like the Teresa situation, which you know, Teresa was basically Signed. accused of putting her John Hancock on something that she didn't read. And she took yeah. the heat for Juicy Joe. So, and she, you know, but like, I don't know about you. I remember at the time, like, she'll never leave Juicy Joe. And she did. Me too. Oh my gosh, Lene, remember that episode where they went to Italy and like Juicy Joe, or was it Italy or it was when they went to see Juicy Joe and they were in uh, that room together, Teresa and Joe, and you could tell Teresa wasn't in it. And he was like, he was like oh, looking yeah. to potentially hook up after the kids went to bed. And like yep. right then I was shocked. I was like, wow. Like you can see it in her eyes. It, it just wasn't there. And the realization from Juicy Joe, it was it was go back and watch that episode. You guys, it was really intense in a way of like, it was very sad. It was very real. It was, it was. And I don't know about you, but like, I literally am hitting refresh every day being like, when is Real Housewives of New Jersey going to pick up their cameras? Because like, it's been enough. It, it's been a minute. I well, need, they, they I need finished my, the season. It's just when it's going to come out, right? It, it needs, it needs to come out like, well, and they keep, you know, there's all these rumors that they're going to like reboot it. Or like recast it, and like I'm so got, I, I don't want any more ratings. I know I just don't want any. It got more such re- great well, ratings last season. It's not. It's not happening. The, I want to see it's that Danielle. Um, the the Danielle Cabral, Jen Aiden Cabral, the brawl, the Cabral brawl. <laughs> I want to see <laughs> the it. Cabral brawl. That's the Cabral brawl. Okay, that's good. like <laughs> I don't know about you, but whenever like I either. Like if I get a tip or like I some like one of you know like my former amazing colleague Dave Quinn gets tip like whoever it is and they post about it and I'm always like oh my god I gotta find out if this is true or what actually happened and like I'm literally like like typing texting calling like I as a that is the best part about my job is like being a journalist who's invested to like really get to the bottom yeah to get well want to know do you ever um. 
Do you ever use your journalistic connection? Like you have no plan to write a story, but you're like, I'm going to act like I am just so I can get the dirt. You know, I need to get the tea. Like, I know that's probably a big no, but I would be like, I just want all the information all the time. Well, I feel like usually it's something that like I would at least pitch. So like I go in, you know, like if, if there's like a report out there, but a lot of times too, like our editors don't like, they might be working on something else. So they don't like know something's going on. So I'll be like, here, this just happened and this is why we should do it. And like I, again, pleasantly persistent, I make my case as to like why we should cover it. Because if if an editor is like not super into something, like you have to sell it. You have to sell. You yeah. have to be a salesman. Well, that's why above all, like Scandaval helped every industry, podcasting, journalism, yeah. because it showed people. I mean, I'm sure it showed your editors like people are really interested in this stuff. So it potentially yeah. made all of our jobs a little bit easier because there was a rabid audience for it. And then that can lead to like talking about the other shows. And I was doing a, a segment on Bravo ratings because they released all their ratings from Peacock and Bravo. And they've had the best year. The The reunion of Vanderpump Rules Part 1 was the most watched show in Bravo history. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that is. But I'm not shocked. I mean, people who never watched the show were watching it. And obsessed yeah. with it. Um, were you obsessed with Salt Lake City and the reality von tees of it all? Duh. I actually, during the <laughs> pandemic. During Is that the a journalistic quote? Yeah. Duh. <laughs> it's a Bravo journalistic quote. During the pandemic, um, I was the first taste of media that the ladies had, season one, because they launched during the pandemic. And so Bravo was like, hey, I remember. what do you think about moderating a panel on Zoom? Um, for like 50 influencers, this is like before influencers were really like a thing, but like yeah. 50 Bravo bloggers, they can come on, they're going to meet the ladies and you'll just like moderate like a conversation. They would have all seen the first episode. I'm like, oh my God, that sounds so amazing. So they were like, FYI, they haven't done any press yet. You're first. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Okay. Um, I was like, that's no pressure. It was honestly one of the hardest panels I had to moderate because like fans kept like commenting on zoom and, <laughs> and then like the producers would be commenting, like, please, please include <laughs> please this, stop. you know, please include this person. Please, please don't ask that question. And I was like, oh my God, there's a lot happening. But it was, it was, um, Heather Gay, uh, Lisa Barlow, Meredith Marks and Jen, Jen Shaw and me. Wow. Um, and so, and 50 bloggers and it was so much fun. It was so cool, but that's how I like, you know, talk about getting to know talent. Like I got to know them like very well, like on the computer and like my parents have a place in Deer Valley in Utah. So when I go up there now, I'm always like, oh my God, Lisa Barlow, come meet me for, um, some Vita tequila at the Stein Erickson. I would love to Lene. I love Vita. Let's do oh this. Let's She's eat a Taco Bell. I love her so. I Salt Lake, the Salt Lake girls. You know like, what just I love? Have a special place. I love Lisa Barlow. I always say because she's unapologetically Lisa Barlow. Like you know, it's like she loves herself, and I love that she leans into it. And she's, you know, she's like we love people that are unapologetically themselves. Like, and by the way, I'm not saying Lisa Barlow is a perfect person because obviously she isn't. But I love that that doesn't stop her from being herself. Like I want that. I want people that are allowed, like uh, that that are unapologetically themselves, yes. warts and all. And she is Same. that. Same. And this season, like, listen, people have their feelings on Monica, and I've sat here and I'm like, am I the only one who's like, this girl is not lying. She is honest. She helped like lock up a felon. Like she is the real deal. And like, 
I did not think she was going to be a one and done. We've had Tom Sandoval didn't cheat. Tom Sandoval, he never cheated. Like, I love that you're like, no, you believed it fully, right? You believed Monica and what she was saying fully and that she was a hero. So were you extra shocked when that came out? I was shocked. I was like, this can't be true. And then we had ran a story on the messenger, but that the ladies, like the report came out, but the cast members still had not been told that she was out. So again, let's talk about things hitting the news before it hits the people, but they didn't know for sure yet that like who was coming back and who wasn't, but you know, cameras are now up and rolling in Salt Lake and you know, there's rumored newbies um, but like, I don't know about you, but like, it takes me a minute to get invested in newbies. Monica, I like hit the ground running with, but that's also because like, like I said, I yes. thought she was very honest, real. And like, you'd be like, you did this. It was so wrong. And she'd be like, yeah, you know what I did? I did. Well, it's a tale of two newbies, right? Cause you have Anna Marie Wiley who had the opposite yeah. experience where I kind yeah. of like, uh, and then, uh, Monica, where you're right. Like I was invested. I was invested in her personal storyline, which usually I don't care about families Same. at that point. I, you know, like I was, I was like, wow. And I think I was like, okay, with Jen Shaw being out, it almost helped us pay a little bit more attention to a newbie, a fresh newbie that still had a little bit of a tether to a cast member, Jen Shaw. Correct. So that thing kind of got us in there, but then they were able to land the plane. So it was really disappointing. Like it's a very interesting standalone season. And I'm very curious how they will pick up the pieces from here. And I don't doubt they can do it, but I still, even to this day, would have loved to have seen how they would have even reintegrated Monica. That's sometimes I feel like I love to see how these cast members deal with hurdles. And I will. Heather Gay, I think, is such an effective housewife. But at the end of the day, I'll still never not believe that she she took a risk and knew what she was doing that last day in on the vacation. Like, I think she, I think she left her mic pack on knowingly. I think, you know, and by the way, talking about pitching stories, she did that interview with Kate Arthur for variety. And she talked about like, listen, I had to go pitch it to the producers and the producers was like, well, why should we care? Like what's reality Von Tees? Like they, they weren't aware of why it was important. And Heather had to do like the whole rundown of why this was important and then they decided, okay, let's let's do this. Let's get the ladies by the beach. And, you know, they took Heather's word for it after she pitched them. And that's the part of the story that I find fascinating mm-hmm. was Heather Gay pitching it to the producers. Yeah, it the, that finale was like wild, wild. That will go so down good. as one of the best finales in Bravo history. Yes. <laughs> And across the board, the 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 ladies' production, d- mm-hmm. music, editing, like it was just really, really well done. And like the way that, like you know, timeline receipts, the way that they yep. they bumped Bravo-isms. up each one, like they oh, so great! It was so good. Mm-hmm. It made me so proud of Bravo as a network because I'm like, this is I this know. is we're we're bordering on art. We're bordering on art. Yes, um, yes, listen, Emmy worthy. Uh, do you got 10 more minutes? This has gone way too quick. Yeah. You, are you good? Yeah, okay. 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 I'm good on time. Okay. Listen, um, we talked so much about Bravo and I could talk another three hours with you about it. <laughs> so hopefully you'll come back, but I do want to say you were just at the Super Bowl. Why were you at the Super Bowl? I was, I was. So I was there covering as a journalist. I got to go to like a ton of events, a ton of parties. I, um, I, 
I don't like to humble brag, but it was I was the reporter who broke the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey dating news for the Messenger. Um, and well, wait, wait, at the Super Bowl, I was like, Lene, no. we know at this point they're dating. Well, yes. <laughs> like, no, I, I'm like, I broke it in September. Wait, how did you break it? Wait, how did you break I, the story? Well, I had a really good source who just had like told me in passing, hey, like, I think she's hanging out with an athlete right now. And I was like, oh, who? And the source was like, I don't know, like an athlete. I was like, well, psh, like, let me get like my Rolodex. Let me go on like, you know, I was like sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> and this is like when we were, you know, the journalist and you was like, okay, now let me look at every athlete that she has DM, or no, I mean, I wouldn't know DM, sorry. Like you left a comment or, talked about her. or, or whatever. So I, so I was like, okay, I kind of like, shoved it to the side. This was like over the summer, like end of towards the end of summer. And so then I like reached back out a couple weeks later. I was like, Hey, remember when you said like that there was an athlete that you thought? And they're like, yeah. I go, do you remember? Like, like, do you any inclination, any sport? How about the sport? They were like, you know, I don't really know sports very well, but like, I think football. And I was like, I just like, don't even, I just shouted out. I was like, Travis Kelsey. I, I don't know why I thought it was Travis because I think like I had remembered like him. Well, he's, going, he was talking about it on his podcast, yeah, right? Like yeah. he was at that point. Yeah. And so I think that's what it was. And they were like, Kelsey, yeah, the Kelsey guy. The Kelsey guy. And I was like, okay, like that really? So I just started like kind of doing my homework and like tapping other people and like, you know, has anyone heard anything? Has anyone, you know, and so I was able to break it. Um, and so it, how it did you break it? I mean, did you, for, for the messenger, you broke it. Like, how do you break something like that? Do you write an article of, I think I figured out who Taylor Swift is dating. How did you break no. the news? It just, it took a few weeks. Like I said, it took a few weeks and like, you know, and ath- if somebody said to you like, Oh, no, but in terms like, of presenting it, in terms of presenting oh. it to the Met, like in terms of the actual article that came out, did yeah. was the article headline, like I figured out who tra- Taylor Swift is no, with. Like, you just, how did you present it? When you get that, you just kind of go to your team and you say, hey, like, I'm hearing this. This is at least what I do. Like, I'm hearing this. Has anybody else heard anything about this? Or like, you know, if she might be hanging out with an athlete or if any athlete's been hanging out with her, like the, at that point, that's when you start looking into your sports sources. Like you're, you know, a, it, that one was like a, like finding a needle in the haystack at first. Cause like, you know, athlete, you're like NFL, yeah. NBA, like soccer, retired, yeah. like running like you're all over the place so yeah like yeah, when I, I was mean, able... at this point is it is it pickleball is it randall Emmett? like come on can you imagine if it was like tom brady or something i don't know um <laughs> i mean it could have been anybody but i think i think like it was right around the time when like that his podcast came out too so i think that's why it was kind of like oh i wonder if it's him but anyway so being at the super bowl and seeing it like if, if there was ever like an I told you so moment, that felt good. It was that for sure. Um, did you get to see Taylor and Travis in person? Did you did you get to like, did Taylor get to thank you for breaking the no, story? Oh my gosh, no, no. But, <laughs> but I wish, I, wish. I, I was actually at the same hotel they were partying at, but I did not see them. I was at the Flippers had a party at um, Encore Beach Club at the win and they were at excess at the win. So we may have been in the, breathing the same air. That's all we that matters. Not. And what story, what stories did you, what stories did you do? What's what, what caught your interest over the Super Bowl weekend? 
Um, so what did I do? I mean, I was just like out at all the events. We got to see Usher. He was at the Flippers party. We saw, I'm trying to, oh, I got to see Luke Combs at MGM. He did a big game bet bash party. I hope I'm saying that. Did did he sing Fast Car? He did. And I actually, you know, and like I got to see like little cute tidbits. Like he was catching up with Marin Morris at, you know, this Flippers after party um, because that's where Usher went. Usher had like a private party at Cathedral. And then from there he went to um, the Encore for another party. He was like on roller skates, like living his best Usher life after just getting married and performing (sighs) at the halftime show. Um, Man, those roller skates were a choice. When I keep thinking about that performance, I'm like, when did the roller skates like become like a a, a decision? Like I, I was like, know. that's a really ballsy decision in front of like to bait, like to bomb on roller skates would just be like just one bad move. And I were like, we can see Usher has abs, so he has good control. But like, my I mean, God, that's just I scary know. as heck to be on roller skates. I know, I know. But yeah, so that was really fun. Um, I went to like Lee Steinberg's party. I went to Sports Illustrated, actually. I got to see Brittany Mahomes in the flesh right before the game. That was pretty cool. Did she seem nice? Everybody always says she's, there's all these reports out there saying she's like, and I feel like that's so unfair because it's like, they're watching, like they're almost wanting her to be mean. I know. Well, you know, that video that came out of her, like that they were saying she was being rude to some guy asking like where to go. I watched it like unteen times and I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't see it. And I've never interacted with her. I don't know her. I don't know where it came from, but like, let's also remember that like we sometimes do and say things like five, 10 years ago that we would be mortified of ourselves. Like I definitely have, I'm sure we all have. And like, maybe that's where it started. Her and Patrick. I said things a week ago, Lene, that I'm like horribly ashamed of. Are you (laughs) kidding me? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean years ago? But it is like, even they had that video of Brittany Holmes, like Jackson Mahomes, uh, or like the, this, this, the brother, you know, not being able to get to her table and her kind of shrugging it off in the video, which then that got picked up, which was, it was actually kind of funny. But it is so many eyes on you. There's no way right. you're going to be perfect. You know, it's no, wild. There's no way. And like, you know, I saw a picture today. Like, unfortunately, there was that terrible shooting, Um, you know, at the parade yeah, the Kansas. other day. And like they were they were with the kids today, which obviously was like a really nice and proper thing of them to to do. But I don't know her personally. I did see her in the flesh. Um, I will say like I saw who else? Olivia Copel's sister we got to see. Um, BB Rexa was there, you know, it was, it was a good, it was a good crop of people, but it's an exhausting, exhausting weekend. I didn't actually, yeah, no, I didn't actually go to the game this year. I got to actually go last year and it was incredible. Like the best experience of my life. I was like on the field for Rihanna. It was so much fun. That is, that ticket is so hard to get. And I've like heard from other journalist friends of mine too, that Vegas, it was so much harder to get than like, uh, like other games. Cause I think just everyone and their mother wanted to go. So I went to a really fun Verizon watch party instead. Shout out to them for having me. But it was, you know. Hey, Verizon watch, shout out. (laughs) I want to get on your list, Verizon watch party for next year. No, I mean, this really is so exciting. I grew up loving pop culture so much, and I really love to hear these kind of stories. And that's why you really are a perfect guest. I'm so glad you you came because I, I geek out on this stuff. And I know the audience geeks out on this stuff so much. Um, uh, I guess the final question to you is in terms of entertainment reporting and covering with all of uh, your years now of doing this, what are you seeing change that you, you don't love in terms of entertainment reporting? Like, is there, you know, is there things where like, I'm seeing this kind of trend that I'm not loving, um, that I think we're getting it wrong. I mean, 
You know what's interesting is like back in the day, like people used to like love reading Perez Hilton because he was like would always make fun of people. Yeah, so I would refresh multiple times. Same. And now, like, I find that everyone's a lot gentler. Thankfully, you know, like not breaking pregnancy news is like I've had a lot of pregnancy news. Like, I even there's someone in my head right now that I know is pregnant that like. I Would you like to anything. break the Taylor yeah. Swift is pregnant on So Bad It's Good? Can we break it right uh, here? Yeah. Oh, my God. If only it was her. No. Um, she, plus, she's in Australia right now. Um, no, but, like, I'm glad we've kind of gotten away from, like, that because they these really are humans. But, you know, there's been so many layoffs in this industry lately, and that makes me so sad because if I may say anything, journalism is so important. Being a fair journalist is really important storytelling and reporting the facts and the news and being impartial is really, really important. And I don't want people to lose sight of that. And like, I always joke, I'm like, we're not saving lives. We're destroying them by being entertainment journalists. (laughs) But like, you know, we're not doctors here. We're not rocket scientists. Like I'm not, you know, curing cancer or anything of that nature. And like, I love what I do because people can sit there and check out a little bit. And like, people are so invested in these people that they love and like, they think they know and, you know, they don't, but like, like I give them that taste of like what's going on in their life. Right. But I just think it's so important and I hate to see the industry not being what it was in that department anymore. Not as strong and so many people out of jobs, but news is important. Yeah. We're so reliant on click rates and all of this kind of stuff that like is, you know, uh, the digital media and people trying to to monetize off this. It's really, it is sad to watch. And I know a lot of people don't really realize what's going on behind the scenes. Um, but it, you are such an important piece of this for people like me, because I always say you give credibility to the shows that I love. You give credibility yeah. to the pop culture that I love. And if well-respected voices can write about this and pass on these messages, it really com- combats my big annoyance with pop culture now is uh, is is not to you, but it's fake news. Is people just putting out stuff that totally. is not verified, completely false, and then that gets passed around. So we need good, strong voices that are doing actual good old-fashioned reporting that we can believe in. And that's the scariest thing is that there's so much false information in there that we need those voices that we can trust. And it's so yeah. great that you're one of those. Yeah, no. And it's really, that's why I say it's so important to like have good relationships so that you know, and, and giving people like time to respond. Like you have to remember, like these people have normal lives too. They might be on a plane. They might be on vacation, like whatever, like news does not sleep, unfortunately. Um, so I, I really Which, hope by the way, that- it's almost a year anniversary of your Friday at Scandaval. It's almost the year anniversary. Oh I no, know. In fact, we, we, I think we, we're at that year anniversary. It was a Friday. It was rain, you know, oh, like, March. so we're now almost yeah. at that year anniversary when we all had to put down our lives and start covering this madness. So happy almost year anniversary. Oh my gosh. How are you going to celebrate? Uh, I'll probably do what I did that day. Get a bottle of wine and just cry. I know. I, I was no, I was like, <laughs> I really no. It's so sad. The audience knows this. I was like, I was devastated. Like I would have fought to the Same. death saying that wasn't true. Cause I Same. knew Ariana knew it. And then I, then I got word from, you know, then I was like, oh, and I really like, I, I, it was so, like, so idiotic in retrospect, but I was just floored. I was like, yeah. no way. And because Same. like, I had been with them all at Coachella. Like I was with, like I was, I was with, I was like, wait a sec. Like I was like, there's no way. I said, I, I talked to Rachel. Like there was no, cause then I was like, well, how far back does it go? And there was all these questions then thrown out about timelines. 
And I, like you said, I would have, I, I would have never in a million years believed it. I would have fought. And then DJ James Kennedy was like, screw you, Tom Sandoval. And I was like, screw you, DJ James Kennedy. Tom's a good man. Like I was, I was fighting DJ James Kennedy. Like it was ridiculous. Who knew he'd be the number one guy in the group? Like that, that scandal. By default, by default, Lene. Right. That's true. I mean that, and like, you know, we cap, let's not forget we capped the year off with, um, with the TJ Holmes and Amy Robach, like that scandal, as a journalist, like I was eating that scandal. I mean, well, that one actually came first, but it was that they must have loved Scandal because it really took the light off of them. Yeah. By, and by the way, now they're benefiting from the power of podcasting, Literally. Amy and TJ. <laughs> Can you imagine Love, I being mean, hardcore reporters? And then now they're like, you know, having to like air out their own relationship on their own. I mean, it, it, the pop culture is wild these days. The access is. is wild that we all have. We all love a scandal, um, even if it's a scandal. Well, that's that's another good t-shirt um Lene you know Lene Brody you are amazing how do we support you how do we keep up to date with everything that you're writing like where do we go thank you you can follow me on Instagram at Lene Brody um l-a-n-a-e-b-r-o-d-y give me a follow slide into my dms and maybe I'll share it with Peter the next time I see him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, guys, I'll put all that in the show notes, but I hope you'll come back again because this was just such a great, easy flowing conversation and we didn't get to like half the things that I wanted to talk about. So thank you for doing this on a Friday. I really appreciate it. Anytime. I know this was so much fun. I feel like we we gapped a lot of Bravo, but I could literally talk about Bravo all day, every day. I know. I know. Right. I was like, we, we just scratched the surface. So you'll definitely be coming back. Thank you so much and have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.